morning, I want to share from the Word of God, a title the message, God's Love Plan. God's Love Plan. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 55, verse 2, it says, Why do you spend money for what is not bread? Why spend money for what is not bread? Why do you use your wages, spend your wages for that which will not satisfy? God said, Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And delight yourself. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Why spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what will not satisfy. God said, listen carefully. To me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance that's what Jesus came to give to us in John chapter 10 verse 10 Jesus said the thief does not come except to steal to kill and to destroy but I have come that they might have life And have it more abundantly. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. That's what Jesus came to give to us. You see, God has a love plan for you. This is a secret plan. A secret plan from God that brings defeat to the enemy. And causes confusion to those who hate God and those who hate you because you have embraced God's love plan. He has that plan for your life. And you're hearing about it this morning because God wants you to hear about it and look into it so that your life is transformed. That's the reason we're talking about this this morning. God wants you to understand His love plan. In Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, God says... I say this, I'm telling you this, because I know what I am planning for you. That's for every one of you that's listening to me this morning. God has a plan for you. God says, I know what I'm planning for you. That's not for the pastor. That's not for the priest. That's not for Sister Angela. That's for every one of you that's listening to me this morning. This is your appointed time. God knows you will be here this morning and you better receive from the Lord. I'm just a messenger, but it's the Lord that's speaking to you this morning. God says, I know the plan that I'm planning for you. He has a plan for your life. And it is a good plan. It's God's love plan for your life. God says... I know what I'm planning for you. So God has a plan for you. He's planning for you right now. He says, I have good plans for you. Not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope. And he says, and a good future. 
It may be tough for you today. But if you lock into God's word, that will not return to him void. God is saying, I want to give you hope. You can't be hopeless. Throw away hopelessness. Believe in the word of God. God has a hope for you. And God says, I will give you, not just a future, a good future. A good future. Especially in this particular day that we are celebrating the resurrection of the Lord. It is God's secret plan for you. It's secret. Your plan is different from mine. And God keeps your plan secret from me because it's your plan and not my plan. But He will reveal His plan for me to me if I will follow through with Him. You see, your, the plan of God for your life is locked up in the person of Jesus. And until you know Jesus, that plan will never be unveiled to you. You live and God will respect it. If you don't want Him, He'll let you have your life because you were created. And God does not go back on anything that He's done. He put you here on the earth. He'll let you live your life. But He'll let you know, I have a plan for you. Come to me and I'll reveal it to you. That's the way God does His things. His plan is locked up in Jesus Christ. And Vinny, as I was, you know, preparing the Word of God on this, I kept hearing, tell Benny, I have a good plan for his life. And I told the Lord, I'm going to tell Benny today. And it's not just Benny, but every one of you, every one of you, God has a good plan for your life. All locked up in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. All locked up in him. And until you get to know Him, you'll never know the plan. Because it's in Him. You know, knowing Jesus is the important thing. Because once you know Him, this heavenly plan is revealed to you. Now, in John chapter, Matthew chapter 16, beginning from verse 15, well, Jesus was talking to His disciples and He said, Who do you say the Son of Man? Tell me who I am. And he says, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Because, I said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonas, son of Jonah, by Jonas. You are blessed if you can recognize who Jesus is. Not everybody can recognize who he is. There are so many people in the world that don't recognize who Jesus is. And so when Peter said that, Jesus said, you are blessed to know this. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. You didn't get to know this through flesh and blood. As a man, you can't know it. He said, it was my father that revealed it to you. So when God reveals his son to you as a human being, then you are blessed. There are many in the world that don't believe in Jesus. To them, he's just another man. They won't believe, they won't put their trust in him. He was just another man. They don't know him. But when you can know him, that's because you have been blessed from heaven. And that's when God's love plan begins to be unveiled to you. It's a secret plan. Jesus said to the disciples, to you it has been given 
to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But those who are without, it will always be a parable. They won't understand it. So when somebody argues, wants to argue with me and say, well, Jesus is not God. He's just one of the prophets. I understand where they're coming from. God has not revealed his son to them. I won't argue with you. You're right. What you say is true. Because that's all you know. But until God reveals his son to you, you'll never know him. Jesus said, everyone who hears from the Father comes to me. But if you haven't heard from him, you are not one of the blessed ones, you'll never come. And God will respect your opinion until the day. The very last day. It is the word of God. Knowing Jesus is the key. When I start reading through John, the Gospel of John, the beginning of the Gospel of John, you keep saying, saying stuff about knowing Jesus, who Jesus is. And in John chapter 1, verse 10, he says, He was in the world. And even though the world was made by him, the world did not recognize him when he came. That's the first one. They didn't recognize him. The one who created the world was right there before them. They could see the creator of the world in human flesh, but they could not recognize him. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world was made by him, the world did not recognize him when he came. Are you in that same category today that you don't recognize who Jesus is? That's God that created everything. And then he went further in verse 11. He says that he came to his own people. Jesus had to come through somebody, some family if he, was going, if he was going to come into the world. He came, through, he, he came through his own people. But his own people did not receive him. Why? They didn't recognize him. They didn't know him. They didn't recognize him. They didn't receive him. Because when you recognize who Jesus is, there is no doubt you will receive him. He says, I stand at the door, I knock. Everyone who hears my voice, and they open, I'll come in. For some people, for more than 30 years, he's been knocking. They can't even hear him knock. They just live in their lives apart from God. You just arrived here. This world has been here thousands of years. And Satan has been here long before you arrived. How do you think you can navigate your way through this earth without God helping you? For me, I've decided I can't do that. I need him. I need him in my life. They didn't know him. And he went further than that. Not just his people. Even his brothers. I kept wondering, why would God want us to know even the brothers of Jesus didn't believe in him? It's possible. He can live with you and live in your house. And you won't even recognize it. Even Jesus' brothers that grew up in the same house with him and saw him daily, they didn't even recognize that they were living in the same room, in the same house with God himself. And they're meaning today that don't recognize that this Jesus that is priest is God himself. So knowing him is very important. And it takes revelation from God to know who he is. If you can recognize who Jesus is, you were blessed before the foundation of the world. That's what, I, that's what gives me joy. 
that God knew me and said, I want that one. Amen. And God saying to you, to you this morning, he's telling, Jesus telling his father, I want that one. I want that one. And every one of us, he's been invited this morning. You can be a part of this select group. God called him the remnant. Because it's the remnant in the world that are separated for him. I am glad to be part of that remnant. To get to know God personally in my life. He came so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. But we've got to know him. We've got to know him. His brothers didn't know him. John chapter 7 verse 5 he says, For even his brothers, even his brothers did not believe in him. But God didn't hide anything. He wanted us to know. But his brothers later believed. Amen. When they saw him up on the cross, they went, they went, I need to go this way because it's really important. Even when he says the brothers didn't believe. James and John, I mean James, Simon, and the rest of them in the house of Jesus, the brothers of Jesus, they went to him, they said, look, if you want to be famous, go to Jerusalem. Because they were disappointed in what was happening to him. Everybody was talking about him. There was so much trouble, so much persecution. I'm sure people were talking about his, the, of Jesus to the brothers about what he was doing, and they didn't like it. At the stage, they went to him, and they're saying, because everybody was saying, he's lost his mind. And Mary, everybody, Mary herself was almost confused by everything that people were saying. Mary went and the brothers, we want to talk to you, Jesus. In other words, you're taking this thing too far. Have they told you that before, following God? They were looking for him because everybody was saying he's lost it. He's lost his mind. And his brothers went to this uh, in John chapter 7. They said, if you want to show yourself, go to Jerusalem. And then he concluded, because his brothers didn't believe in him. But I believe that on that day, after Jesus was condemned, they didn't like what Jesus was doing because they didn't believe in him. But that was their brother. And they saw him being crucified. The whole nation of people against their brother. If you were his brother or sister, even though you don't like what he's done, there's going to be something in your heart that says, look, I told him before, now look. See, now he's crucified like a common criminal. Look, this is what's befallen us. Befallen us. Look at what, what's happened to him. And I'm sure they regretted Mary was close by the cross. But then the rumors started showing up. He's back alive. Amen? He's back alive. And you know, something that is so unique. After Jesus rose, Paul was writing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul was writing. He said, you know, I was one of those. Mine was later. I saw him after he rose from the dead. But after Jesus rose, guess who he appeared to? His brother James. The one who didn't believe in him. He rose and James saw him. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, after he appeared to the apostles and all of that, then he appeared personally to his brother James. And James is thinking, oh my God, am I wrong? This is God, look. 
So James will never refer to himself as the brother of Christ. The rest of them, the disciples, the apostles, they always refer to James, James the brother of the Lord. But James doesn't even dare go there. He says, I am the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. His eyes have been opened. Because Jesus rose from the dead. That's what separates our faith from every other faith. Jesus rose from the dead. He is still alive today. He'll never die. He's still here with us today. Now, before Jesus went to the cross, he had what he called my hour. Jesus talked a lot about his hour. They tried to catch, kidnap him to destroy his life. And he'll slip away. And the Bible says they couldn't do it because his hour had not come. Have you heard that? His hour has not come. There was a special hour prepared for him. And Mary tried to get him to turn water to wine. She said, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour hasn't come. There was an hour for him to begin, begin his ministry. And then there was a special hour that was reserved for him. And Jesus spoke. The Bible spoke a lot about it. And Jesus spoke about it. That was a special hour. You know, right after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and he went, the triumphant, and that's Palm Sunday, Jesus went in and said the people came in to see him because they had heard he had done this miracle, raised the man from the dead who had been dead for days. They came in, they, they were so excited. You know, it's terrible how human beings can turn against you. They were so excited one day before weekend, they had turned their mind, they were going to kill him. Because Satan was behind it. They were going to kill him. When Jesus was in Jerusalem that day, some, of, some Greeks, they decided they wanted to see Jesus. They heard so much. Greeks meaning they came from another country, proselytes. They came from another country and they were hearing all these great things about Jesus. And they went to, to Philip and said, look, we want to see Jesus. It should take us to Jesus. We want to see him. We've heard so much about this man. And Philip took care to say, hey, come on, let me talk to Andrew. Those guys were buddies. They always go together. <laughs> the school of Andrew and the school of Philip. And they went to Andrew. And Andrew said, uh, let's go to Jesus. And then they went to Jesus. And they said, look, these guys wanted to, don't want to see you. As soon as they told Jesus that, this is what Jesus said. John chapter 12, verse 27. He says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. That's what I'm talking about, that special hour. That was a bitter hour for the Lord Jesus. Jesus even said, my soul is troubled even unto death. It was a painful hour. But it was the best hour for us. As humans. His tough, terrible hour, dreaded hour, that Jesus, the Bible always referred to, it was a painful time for him. But for us, that was the hour for our deliverance and freedom. 
After that, in verse 31, Jesus started speaking. He says, now is the judgment of this world. Now in the, is the judgment of this world. Now is the ruler of this world cast out. What judgment was he talking about? A judgment that we're going to be dealing with? No. The judgment of this world was upon him. He was going to be judged in our place. And once he's judged, then the ruler, that Satan, doesn't have any place. He's cast out. Now is the judgment that the hour has come, he said. Now is the judgment of this world. You have been judged in Christ. If you are a person on this world, God judged Christ for the world. So that the prince of darkness, who is the God of this world, can be cast out of your life. And you don't have to die anymore. You don't have to go to hell anymore. You don't have to be troubled anymore. You don't have to be oppressed anymore. You don't have to be blind anymore. You don't have to be sick anymore. Jesus took the judgment on himself. So that the prince of this world that causes us trouble, the thief that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy, he's cast out of your life. This is God's love plan. Secret plan, the devil didn't understand it. Didn't understand it. Now is the judgment of this world. Now, the ruler of the world will be cast out. Because he was going on to the cross. And then Jesus added what was going to happen. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all people. Notice peoples, the Nigerian peoples, the Ghanaian peoples, the American people, all people, every family, every family. The Bible tells us in, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 12, in you, every family of the earth will be blessed. That's your family, if you will accept it. That's your family. If you don't accept it, God will let you be. But if you accept it, God will show up in your family. Nobody is discriminated against because Jesus paid the price for the world. And I'm a part of the world. Amen. He was judged on my behalf. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. That's what Jesus brought for us. That's what he brought to us. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler. They can't rule your life anymore. They can't cause you to be miserable anymore. They can't cause you pain anymore. Depression is out of the way. And you can live your life because Jesus came to give us life. And to give us life in abundance. That's why the scripture tells us, let your soul delight itself in abundance. Because of what Jesus has done for us. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples unto me. And then he said, this is what he was speaking, signifying his death. You know, Satan made a fatal mistake 
that destroyed him. And that's what everybody does. When you don't listen to Jesus, you will make a, dis- a mistake, a serious mistake that could destroy your life eternally. Satan is an amazing thing. The things of God are such that they are wrapped in, in mystery that no one, even the devil, didn't understand it. He had no clue. Jesus made it clear over and over again. He was speaking plainly. I'll die and I'll rise again. I'll die and I'll rise again. You'll think, Satan will think, that's not good. And back away from his plan. But he was urgent. He wanted to kill him. And in killing Jesus, that will be his undoing. He had no idea about that. He was busy saying, crucify him. Crucify him. In other words, he should have been saying, destroy my life. Destroy my life. But he was saying it without even knowing what he was doing. Because the killing of Jesus would be the destruction of his kingdom. But he didn't know it. So the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Wish none of the rulers of this age. We're not talking about Obama, okay? <laughs> He's not the ruler of this age. Maybe for four, five, eight years, yes, that's over. And another man comes in. But we're talking about the rulers of this age. Demonic forces, okay? Not Obama or Bush. He says, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known what was coming to them, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know it. They had no idea that killing Jesus was going to be their undoing. And so when Satan comes against your life, He's thinking, I'm going to take this person out. I'm going to cause them so much problem. I'm going to cause trouble in the family. I'm going to cause trouble in the marriage. I'm going to try to separate them. But what he doesn't know, that the scripture is already promised, all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to what? His purpose. He's helping God with his purpose. You don't have to be afraid. Jesus took your place. Now everything is well. All is well. You don't have to be scared if you are a child of God. You live inside Christ. That's what Jesus said. He said, at that day you know that I am in you, you are in me, and I'm in the Father. We are all one. How can they pass through the Father, pass through the Son, and go find you in there? When an angel slaps that devil, uh, he knows not to come near. You are hid in Christ and in God. That's what the Bible says. Hid in Christ and in God. Protected. Because of what Jesus has done. They didn't know they crucified him. But it's so funny. They, they heard him and they didn't pay attention. And some of us don't pay attention very much, you know. <laughs> it's only after the facts and we're suffering that we keep crying back to God. God, please help me. Uh, you shouldn't have gone that way in the first place. But that's what the devil did. He had no idea. And, and then right after they crucified Jesus, all of a sudden it dawned on him. Satan says, oh boy, you know this fellow, he said he was going to come back uh, to life. 
and there was no way for them to handle him, they thought to use pilots and to use soldiers. I don't know how, how dumb uh, the devil can be. I mean, why would you kill somebody that raised a man that's been dead for four days? That's silly. He just raised the man from the dead who had been dead for four days, and you're thinking to kill him? He's going to get back up. The same power that brought that man up is within him. He's going to wake up. But the devil is so dumb, he can't even see it. He couldn't even see it. He couldn't. So he killed him, and then he realized, oh boy, this is a bad mistake. This is going to really hurt us. So we got to try to protect this thing. Listen to what he said. What he says. It says, on the next day, Matthew chapter 27. Thank you, wifey, for correcting me. <laughs> I'm not going to pick on her. She warned me not to pick on her anymore. So I'm trying to be a good boy, but uh, she doesn't give me that opportunity. But let's go to the message, okay? Now, Matthew 27, verse 62, it says, On the next day, after they crucified Jesus, you notice it took them a while to, to, to put these things together. On the next day, uh, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive that the deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Now they are afraid something is going to happen. It's too late. You've already killed him. He's going to come back. So they went, Pilate, please help us. Help us. So seal the tomb so he won't rise. They had no clue. It dawned on them. And no matter how hard they tried, Jesus came out of that grave. Amen? He came out of the grave, busted out. A lot of people used to think, uh, well, the angels had to, to remove the is whatever, the stone. Uh, Jesus don't need any stone. He walked through walls. <laughs> you don't have to, the rolling of the stone away is for the high priests and for all Jesus' enemies to see he's no longer here. They have to wonder who rolled the stone away. How many of these disciples, how strong? They made soldiers to do it, but uh, the angels just moved that stuff away. Uh, you guys can see he's empty here. He's alive. Jesus is alive. You can never have a better friend than Jesus himself. Your best friend will not give his life for you. But Jesus did. The price of your life, the value of your life to God, is the life of his son. That's how valuable you are to him. You better know how you treat yourself. Because of what the value God places, places on your life. Your worth. Your worth to God is the life of his son. God so wanted to have you in his family. He will give his son to have you. If you don't recognize that, may God open your eyes today 
so you know how much he cares for you, how much you are loved by heaven. I know you, all of us go through difficult times, but heaven loves us. And God means well. God says, I know my plan for you. I have a good plan for you. I don't, I'm not going to hurt you. My plan is not to hurt you. I want to give you a good future. And Jesus said, if you can only believe this, if you can only believe this, all things are possible to those who believe. All God is asking, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, not as many as go to church, not as many as shake the pastor's hand, not as many as prayed for an hour every day, he's as many as received the Son of God into their life. He gave the right. To be a child of God, a son of God, so that you have access. He gave you the right to be a family member. I'm so glad I am a family member with God. You know, Jesus said, everyone who keeps my word, my father will love him. And we will come and make our home with him or with her. In other words, you become, God becomes a family member of your home. That's what gives me confidence in life today. For my family, I have so much confidence because God lives in our home. You want me to show you? Come over. No kidding. <laughs> God lives in our home. And everywhere my kids go, He is with them. They are family members with him. And God is such a good God. He's even promised. He said, when you go, if Jesus tarries, I'll continue to take care of your children, even to the 10th generation. So when I'm gone, my father, my family, my family member, God Almighty, he continues to take care of my children and their children and their children. And their children. That's what he says. Why would you reject somebody like that? <laughs> you like bad things? <laughs> I welcomed him with all my heart. I realized when I was welcoming Jesus, there were things I needed to change in my life. I thought I would be the one to change him, those things. But as soon as he came in, all of those things said, <laughs> we can't stay in this place anymore. Uh, they started vacating my life. And I got very excited about Jesus. You couldn't shut me up. I talked about Jesus everywhere. Uh, I preached about Jesus. My message was not very long. It was repent or perish. But, <laughs> but that's all I, knew to, all I knew to preach. And it worked sometimes. It caused me a lot of pain sometimes because people got mad at me. But I was glad to be preaching Jesus. Amen. Today you can make Jesus a family member. You can. All you have to do is say, God, I want you in my life. You can never say that word and God will say no. It's impossible. You can't. If it comes out of your mouth to him, the answer will always be yes. You know why? 
Because that's what his son died for. He, God is looking for the fruit of the death of his son. And when you come to him, that honors him. And you can never be rejected. But after that, he takes over your family and walks with you. So that you can enjoy that abundant life. Bow your heads with me this morning. There are some of us here, you have never really made Jesus your Lord to come into your life. You've kept him outside your life for so long. Are you going to frustrate God all the rest of your life? Or you will let him in? Today, he wants to come in. Jesus said in Revelation, I stand at the door and I knock. You're hearing his voice this morning. Would you please open your heart? And I'm going to pray with you. As I pray with you, God will answer our prayer. The first thing that you will notice in your life, there's going to be some kind of unexplained joy in your spirit. And a feeling of completeness with God. That's the first thing that God will begin to let you know in your heart that he is there. There are many of us here this morning, you will make that decision to let Jesus Jesus into your life. He's asked me to ask you to let him in. And you should do that this morning. And many of us are going to do that this morning. At the count of three, just raise your hand. Even if you made a commitment before, but you haven't followed through, raise your hand. And God, the heavens will see it. And God will respond immediately. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You honored God today. And God will honor you for doing what you've just done. You were not concerned about what people think. You were not concerned about anybody. You said, I need Jesus to be close to me. And he's going to do just that. Because he's been waiting for your invitation for this long. Amen. Open your eyes and look up before we pray. There is a connection card. My wife alluded to this earlier. There's a place where it says, my decision today. (coughs) Excuse me. When you check your decision out, you think you're just writing on a piece of paper. But guess who sees it? Heaven. The Father sees it. And it's recorded in heaven. You know God has books in heaven? There are books in heaven that will be open. It will be written in his book that you checked. I need, I accepted Christ into my life. So check what your decision is and then put it in the offering bucket. We will send you some material in the mail to help you with your walk with Christ. When you receive Christ, the Bible says you are a newborn. Physically, in the natural, you may be an elderly person. But spiritually, you are a newborn. And the Bible tells us, I believe in First uh, Peter 2 verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, so you grow and become a mature person in Christ. So put this in, in the offering bucket and... Uh, We will send you something to help you with your new walk with God. Amen? Let's 
close our eyes right now and say, those, especially those that lifted up your hands, pray with me and invite Jesus into your life. Everyone say with me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you died for my sins and that you were buried, but that you rose again on the third day. I believe you are alive forevermore. And I'm asking you today to be my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me by the power of your Holy Spirit to live my life for my God. You are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. That's a wonderful prayer. And I know God has heard it. Let's put our hands together, especially for those that made a commitment to Christ today. It's so wonderful. There's something you must do. Today, I don't understand people. I think that we are in the very last days. When I was a new Christian, I was in church all the time. I wanted to know more. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The more of God's Word you know, the more of God you know. And the more of God you know, the greater light you have in your life. You are a city set on a hill. can be hidden. That's what God wants to make you. That's His precious plan for you. So go to church, attend church, come in here. We have great teachers on Sunday morning, 9.30 in the morning. They are teaching there. Most of the time, I'm in the class listening to our good teachers. These guys are really good. And they'll teach you the word of God. Amen. We're going to be receiving our